Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? 3 o'clock, well, 4 o'clock now on a Friday afternoon. And we're shuffling the schedule today, but we are still rocking and rolling. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, we got you for the next two hours today. A little shuffling of the schedules today, but we'll still send you off on a Friday with some laughs and some smiles and some fun. Yins know the drill between the two of us. We have got a really good head of hair. We've got a decade of NFL experience and we are both stressing out about this puck drop that is about to happen on the television in the studio. See, I was over here wondering, were you just going to keep, you know, hiding behind the, oh, yeah, we're shuffling the schedule, we're moving it around, or were you going to really pull back the curtain and let the people know what's really going on here? We got hockey, playoff hockey happening right now in front of us. So, yes, yes, we had to push the show back an hour. It's all good. It is all good because while we're up here burning through the airways and keeping your ears with that Red Bull that you really need, you also will get a chance to multitask today, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> now, I know I told you in the past that you're not allowed to do anything except listen to us. That is true. You I said have this. said that. But today is an exception because we have a must-win game <laughs> by your Pittsburgh Penguins, and it's going down right now. So, that's the situation. That's the scenario. So, make sure your TVs are tuned in where they need to be tuned in. Make sure your listening devices are tuned in to us. And from there, man, we'll make this thing happen, baby. <laughs> I did not think, Arthur Munson, that we'd ever have a Penguins playoff game in Steelers training camp at the same time. I did not think that that's something I would see in my life. Scheduling conflict, man. It's like that. Scheduling conflict. So, yeah, so if you really want me to peel back the curtain, um, Adam Crowley and I do the Penguins pregame. And so that's why we had to kind of switch the schedule around today because Crowley and I had to do the pregame until 4 o'clock. Then I came running down here and nabbed Moats. And I was like, let's go do it, baby. Talking Steelers, talking Penguins. And you know what? I'm not complaining. I'm not either. Because for four and a half months, Arthur Motes, there's uh-huh. been no sports. Talk about it. All right, so uh-huh. you know what? I'm talking Steelers today. Yeah. I'm talking Penguins today. Yeah. I'm doing everything, but I'm not complaining because I'd rather have it this way than the other way. No question, man. <laughs> we are embracing it. We are embracing the multitask. We are embracing the scheduling conflict. <laughs> but, hey, it could always be worse. We could be outside in the heat somewhere. Cool. Like but uh, in, like uh, like Westmoreland County. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that Latrobe. area. Latrobe. Yeah, yeah. That, on the campus no, 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 of Saint Vincent not, College. Not Latrobe. 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 Sorry. Yeah, yeah. It could, it could be somewhere out there. Ooh. So you well, know like what? Maybe I, on the campus of Saint Vincent College. But then again, I, I wouldn't be. Bet you it's pretty there. hot right there, right now. It, it probably is. Which yeah, man. That's true. You'd be laid up on the couch getting ready to watch the hockey. I mean, <laughs> you better believe it. So girl. thanks, thanks oh, for being oh, here oh, with oh, me. Or having something fancy with an umbrella in my drink. On somebody's island. Yeah. A reminder that our Steelers coverage is brought to you by PNC Bank. PNC Bank is the official bank of the Pittsburgh Steelers, also of Wesley Euler. Uh, Arthur Motes. <laughs> also, my social security number is 456. You're not going. You're bluffing. 3379. Don't be scared. 842392. Why are you always being scared, man? Release that energy. Write that down. Don't be scared. Arthur Motes, we got good news today, and you know you and I, we are, we're glass half full, we're optimism type guys. We are. We don't like to wallow in the negativity, we like to, uh, we like to live in I the don't. positivity. I, I thought I did. Well, I mean like occasionally. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a Debbie Downer. Occasionally. 
I mean, you know, the Steelers lose on Sunday. You and I come in here on Monday, and you know, it's like it's like someone you know spitting our mm. cereal. Nah, you, but you, we we you, operate you, in the. It's only been one time we've been sad. Let's be real about it, and that's when we got the news live that Ben season oh was done God. while we were on the air. Other than that, we don't really get sad. It's always the glass half full. That that was the only day we said, "Oh no!" That was like a two-hour eulogy. It was. That was rough. We're the opposite. But you of know that, what? I, I will say this too, man. We did call it. We were right. Mm-hmm. We said, "Man, playoffs. We ain't seeing it." Eight and eight is best case scenario. We were calling it. People were coming at us. Remember, they were coming at us crazy. People we never even knew. Listen to the show. We're coming at us crazy. But in the end, Wesley Euler was right. Sometimes I don't like being right. Sometimes I love to say I told you so. Other times I don't like to say I told you so. Like, for example, Arthur Motes, uh, on this, you know, the pregame, the Penguins pregame that Adam Crowley Mm -hmm. and I have been doing, he picked the Penguins to win in three games before the series started. Mm. All right, and he said it was going to be easy. And I told him, no, it's not. I said Mm -hmm. they haven't played hockey in four and a half months. Like, it's not going to be easy. Sometimes I don't like to say I told you so. You're right. Sometimes I don't. But we have good news, Arthur Motes, and that is James Washington at number 13. Woo! Back today, he has cleared protocol. He has been removed from the COVID-19 reserve list. And just to just a reminder, Arthur Motes, that doesn't necessarily mean that he tested positive for mm-hmm. coronavirus. It just means that he either had a positive test, obviously, or mm-hmm. he could have just been within In close, close contact, thought that he had potential exposure. So now, we're not saying for sure that he had it, mm-hmm. but he is now off the list. He is ready to participate. Now, see, this is the part of the list that gets a little janky. Mm. It was four people on that list. Mm. Only one has come back. Mm. You say that you don't have to test positive. You could be in close proximity. Uh, see, I wasn't but trying some, to connect those dots. <laughs> I was saying, but something's not adding up here. But you know what? I'm not, go, I'm, I'm not even going to play like I'm smart today. I'm going to leave that alone. I ain't catching it at all. <laughs> Hey, great news, baby. Welcome back, James Washington. I am glad you are returned. I know you're good. You know what I mean? And now from here, man, just continue to stay on the right path. And, man, let's ball out, baby. That's all I'm caring about now. Don't even worry about the details. It's good timing for him to get back, too, right? Because starting next week is when this thing's going to get ramped up, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. Starting, what, uh, August 14th? Mm -hmm. That's when they'll officially be able to start doing the full 11-on-11 work right, right now. It's strictly walkthroughs with the position coaches out there, so you really aren't even getting a chance to properly evaluate these individuals from a physicality standpoint, from a technique and skill development standpoint. But now, like you said, we're seven days away from this thing happening, so it's very exciting times, man. And like you said, anytime you're able to get James Washington back, anytime you're able to get any of the players that have that are going to miss time, whether it's from COVID or from injury back, that's always a great situation because – Ultimately, man, when you're looking at the amount of teams that have players opt out and the Steelers being one of four that uh, didn't have anyone opt out, you want to keep that team at full strength as long as possible because you have to be banking on it that that's going to pay major dividends down the stretch. The other kind of uh, news of the day, finalized news, the the NFL opt-out deadline was yesterday at 4 o'clock. Officially, no Pittsburgh Steelers have Mm -hmm. opted out. Uh, I think when we went off air yesterday, Motsi, there were 65 names that list grew just by a few. Uh, there are now 69 names on the list, still under 70, uh, officially opting out either for personal or for health reasons. No Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I think the Falcons and the Chargers were the other two organizations yes, that, that did not correct. have anybody opt out. Is there anything tangible to take from that, Motes? Um, is it is it just good fortune on the Steelers' part? Is maybe the fact that 
I think it's an organization, right, that has so much continuity where the, the players truly, you know, they know the owner, they know the general manager, the head coach. They've all been around for decades. I mean, literally. Is there anything to that? Is there anything to Ben Roethlisberger's return to? Or is it just kind of, again, it's they're just they're fortunate, it's everybody kind of make their own decisions? Or is there maybe something to kind of the Steelers' culture and the Steelers' family that has helped players feel more confident with, with committing to this season? No, honestly, I just think uh, that the players and, and the coach staff are just fortunate in this situation. At first, I thought it was a situation where anybody that's playing on a contender would choose not to opt out. And then I thought, okay, well, the guys that have substantial contracts or lingering contract situations want to opt out, but that hasn't been the case at all. We've seen from a league-wide standpoint, players leaving from contenders saying that they're opting out players with nice contracts, opting out players that are coming from losing teams but are going to a winning team for for an opportunity yeah. to really compete for something yeah. or are choosing to opt out. So in that regard, I don't think it was really a rhyme or reason. I think it was just kind of the luck of the draw. I mean, and then when you look at a team like the Chargers – who we said, I mean, is probably the third or fourth best team in that division right now. They don't have anybody opt out. And you talk about a team no, no. that is kind of in transition, new quarterback. I mean, everything that's transpiring out there. And in L.A., yeah. a huge city. <laughs> Absolutely. And not only in L.A., but think about Cali's been one of the hot spots yeah, as well in right. terms of COVID. So I mean, with like I think like with like Florida and Texas, right? Those yeah. are the other two that have. So that's the thing. So it's kind of like. What do you really – I mean, it's hard to, to to draw a straight line and to, and to say this is why or that is right. why because that hasn't necessarily been the case. I just think here, man, it was very fortunate. I mean, a guy like Cam Hayward, I think he was the only one that was labeled as high risk on the uh, on the Steelers organization. But if there would have been different individuals that, you know, their mentality sure. might be a little different or they're not willing to take that risk, different circumstances, that could have been a totally different uh, situation there. So I don't really want to say that it was because of the culture. I just think luck of the draw in this situation right here because regardless of how you feel about a coaching staff, regardless of how you feel about an owner, they can't protect you from COVID. Right. They can't heal you from COVID. No matter how good they you are know what their mean? jobs. Like, yeah. Yeah, they, they could be the best coach. They could be the most awesome people to be around. But, <laughs> yeah, that, that's not going to protect you when, when we're talking about COVID-19 and things along that nature. So, for me, that was my whole thought process with it. No, that's a good call by you. Fortunate for the Steelers in that regard, definitely. One of three teams with no guys opting out. James Washington back at practice today. Some good news on a Friday. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, Steelers Blitz here rolling along our kind of a topic du jour. Well, see, that's topic of the day. See, now I need to know the French word for week. I don't speak French like our that. Our topic day week yeah. <laughs> has been uh, predicting the, uh, the ceiling and the floor for different divisions around uh, the National Football League. We've been doing the AFC this week. Arthur Motes, we got the AFC North. And the AFC East in the books, correct? So that gives us the West and the South to go with. Mm-hmm. Where you want to go? Got to go to the South. Come on, baby. You know that. I know. You said the same thing on gotta, the show yesterday. Gotta, I was just going to see if I could catch you slipping. I know. I got all my notes done for the South because I just wanted to see if, you know, because you do that kind of stuff to me. I, I man, I'm, I'm just phone. a Southern individual. You know me, man. Below the Mason Dixon, baby. This is what we do. We're going to take a break to pay some bills here, but we will discuss the AFC South on the other side. What's the ceiling? What's the floor for all four of their teams? We'll also take your tweets. You already know for the next two hours. Get them in at Wesley Euler at the Body 52. The Body. It's Steelers Blitz. On SNR.
Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. AFC South preview time here. Welcome back to the Steelers Blitz. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler on a Friday AFC South it's time to take a peek at uh, what will be our third division here in our flooring, our flooring, our floor <laughs> ceiling conversation. Arthur Motes, AFC South, the Jags, the Colts, the Titans, and the Texans. Do we start with the division champions or do we start with the wild card team who ended up going further? What's fair here? You know, we got to give its due diligence to the divisional winner. I think so. It's only right. I think it is only right. All due respect to the Texans, because they went further in the playoffs. But You flip-flopped it, but it's cool. Sorry. All respect to the Titans, because <laughs> they went further in the playoffs. I'm rolling with it. It's all good. Don't worry. Don't I'm worry. I'm talking a lot of nicknames today. Hey, Mike, so, you know, Penguins and Canadians and Steelers oh, and Texans man. and Titans. And the Houston Texans, division winners from a year ago, Arthur Motes. They trade DeAndre Hopkins for... Hmm. <laughs> Uh, not the most encouraging return, right? Not the most impressive haul coming back the other way. 10-6 and six last year for those Texans. Won a playoff game against my Buffalo Bills. Yeah, in overtime. Dramatic one. And then, honestly, I mean, they had the Chiefs on the ropes. <laughs> yeah. They had the Chiefs on the ropes. Just couldn't hang on. 10-6 and six last year, Motsi. I'd say I, I think that's probably about the over-under again. That That's probably about the mark again. Yeah, that's, that's sound about right. I don't know, though. Maybe maybe nine's more like the mark and ten's the ceiling as opposed to ten being the mark and eleven being the ceiling. I Don't get me wrong. I think Cooks is going to slide in there and be productive, but he's not DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know how I feel about their run game. The offensive line is certainly better. But you know what? This This is a ceiling conversation. So, yeah. Ceiling, I'll go eleven and five. Floor, I'll go eight and eight. Man, eleven wins for the Texans again. This is an absolute no, 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 no. ceiling. I, I got they you stay healthy. Everything yeah. goes well for me. I, I'm still trying to puzzle, put it together in my my head. I see them as a ten win team at best. Hmm. I mean, just because when you lose DeAndre Hopkins, we know what he is. He's a top three receiver. He's a guy you put the ball anywhere in the vicinity, he's going to get it. I mean, outside of Michael Thomas, he's second in the league in terms of combat catches, in terms of, you know, his catch radius and everything that he can do in traffic. He's not going to be the guy that's going to run right by you, but right. the ball's in the air, he's coming down with it. Brandon Cooks is a dope receiver in his own right, but he is not DeAndre Hopkins. Even though he's had 1,000-yard receiving seasons with multiple quarterbacks in multiple locations in multiple years, he's still not a DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. And I think that's— DeAndre Hopkins, honestly, other than J.J. Watt, sorry to cut you off there, but just you could argue the most important player in franchise history other than J.J. Watt. Absolutely. It just happens that they were there at the same time. Right. But if anything, some people might even debate that they would take Hopkins over him because of the health element of it and how available he has been regardless of who's been out there. Now, with J.J., obviously his— Position isn't dependent upon somebody else. Right, right. Whereas with Hopkins, it has been. But with Cooks taking over for Hopkins now, now that Hopkins is gone, I, I do think Deshaun Watson takes a step back from that because mm. it's a different caliber receiver that he's playing with. It's easy to to do some of the things that Watson has been able to do 
when you have a DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, we watched the Bills game. It was times where it, he doesn't have anything and he just tosses it up and Hopkins makes a, a spectacular play. We saw that year in and year out. But now with Cooks, that's a different style yeah. of receiver. You you can't just throw the ball up and say, oh, Cooks going to come down with it. That's not what Cooks does. No, and you don't have a ton of time to get on the same page now. Not at all, man. So that's why I think, man, at best, 10 wins, and that's still – with when we said best case scenario, that's with David Johnson looking like a healthy, like David a hel- Johnson. healthy David Johnson, but early in his career, David Johnson. We're talking was it sixteen uh, year David Johnson, not seventeen, not eighteen, and yeah, definitely not nineteen. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> that, I don't know if you saw the emoji today. I mean, Deshaun Watson did say he's been impressed with David Johnson so far. Well, well, and, and also, well, also you have to remember this: David Johnson <laughs> also said that he felt disrespected. And mm-hmm. this is the healthiest he's felt, and he's ready to go and, and show people what he could really be. But I mean, when I signed in Arizona in AT, he said the mm. same thing. So I can't, I don't know if it's real or not. But that's why I always tell you, man, uh, we're going to operate with everybody under the, the mentality that everybody is completely healthy and they're going to be their best self. I still don't think it's going to be that much. But either way, you know, and, but the one thing I would say the Texans have working in their favor is their division still doesn't have that dominant force. Even with the Titans going to the AFC Championship game last year, even with the Colts acquiring Phillip Rivers, they There's still no Chiefs don't, in their division. Correct, There's no there, Saints in their there, division. There is no Steelers and Baltimore Ravens in their division. Like They don't really have that. And I think because of that, their records have looked the way they've looked in terms of those teams getting into the playoffs over the past couple of years. I mean, 10 wins got them in last year, but let's be real. You don't need 10 to win that division. You can you can get away with 9 and win that division realistically. Mm-hmm. So that's why I have their ceiling at 10. I think worst case scenario, they're still going to be an 8-8 eight and eight team. Yep. I don't see them falling in the 7-9 category because they have Deshaun Watson because they still have J.J. Watt. Brandon Cooks is and, still a really good player. And honestly, too, as much as we rag him for his, uh, his general manager decisions. As a coach. As a coach. Yes. Bill O'Brien, I think, he's been there for six years. He's only had one yeah. losing season. He's been in the playoffs like four times in Correct. six years. And to be fair, right, he did that a lot of years with – I don't want to poo-poo him, but with let's just say I won't say his name. I'll say with with not Deshaun Watson in the backfield, <laughs> with 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 some lesser talent. So yeah, I I don't expect them to fall off the face of 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 the earth. Yeah, man, they, they'll they'll be fine. Like I said, worst case scenario, they'll be uh, eight and eight, which is still have them right in the middle of the pack in that division, potentially a game away from winning their division. Like yeah. that's just how it is right now. They the the division as of lately is down. And it, it, for them, it benefits them because they necessarily haven't, you know, w- w- in terms of the general manager movements and stuff like that, they haven't necessarily put themselves in the best position from a roster standpoint, but they still haven't absolutely destroyed their roster either. So mm. I think they'll be fine. I think you're right. I Yeah, I you know what? That, I think it is maybe the, the, the some of the DeAndre Hopkins stuff you just hit on, I think, is a little under-discussed. Like, when you have a guy that is such a big part of your offense, I feel like there's always an adjustment period. Now, this isn't going to be the most perfect example, Motsi. Maybe you can think of a better one. But obviously, this is Steelers Nation Radio. We saw that to an extent last year with A.B. And again, right, it's not a perfect example because Ben Roethlisberger was out six quarters into Mm -hmm. the season. That would have changed a lot. But still, right, the Steelers went from the most efficient red zone team in the National Football Mm -hmm. League to the bottom of the barrel and Antonio Brown, certainly losing the future Hall of Fame quarterback was a big part of that. But I think you'd be kidding yourselves if you said that the guy that the offense was kind of tailored around from a you know from a skill position, a weapon standpoint, uh, losing him too was an adjustment as well. 
It's 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 again. It's no, not no, the perfect example, yeah, but I, I got some of saying. that some of that same. Yeah, yeah and, and, and I think we'll see a lot more this year with Ben Bat because then people won't be able to say, sure. well, hey, it's because the quarterback. I think an even better analogy though was Calvin Johnson retiring and watching yes. how Matthew Stafford yes. had to adapt. Matthew Stafford and that Detroit Lions offense went from being able to put up points and still have a legit just threat regardless of what you're doing to when Calvin retires and they bring in Golden Tate afterwards. That offense was not viewed nowhere near the same, nor was it as scary. I mean, Calvin Johnson was the person that made it scary. When you talk about the Texans offense, yeah, Deshaun Watson is a, a, a an elite quarterback, but he doesn't necessarily scare you like right. how De, uh, DeAndre Hopkins would scare you. And even here in Pittsburgh, like I said, with A.B. being gone, trying to find that receiver that really scares you when you're like, man, what are we going to do to stop him? Like I said, we'll see a lot more this year when, when Ben is healthy for the full season. But that, that Calvin Johnson retiring situation and seeing how the Lions and that offense went, I think that's going to be almost identical to what we're seeing with the Texans, where Deshaun Watson's still going to be a good player. He's still going to be the elite quarterback that he is, but you're definitely going to see is levels to it. No different than Andy yeah. Dalton in, in, in the times where A.J. Green was out. Right. Think about when A.J. Green right. was healthy, Andy Dalton, you're like, well, you know, he's a top 15 quarterback. You Look at his numbers. You win the division with Absolutely. That guy. Yeah. Then you see when A.J. Green's not out there, and you're like, oh, okay, he's not what we thought he was. This is a little bit different here. That team isn't as scary. That offense, That's a good example, that offense yeah. can't just score whenever they want to. They can't just throw the ball up on a blown play and know that this guy's going to do something crazy right. to make it better for them. No, that, that's the example I was looking for. That's that's the good one right there, folks. Arthur Motes, he's the best in the business. Come on, man. Teamwork, make the dream work, baby. We are teamworking here on a Friday. We'll continue. Uh, we'll wrap up this AFC South ceiling floor conversation on the other side. We've got some tweets rolling in now. Keep those coming. It's also a Friday, Motsi, so at some point before we get out of here, mm-hmm. we got to get that paper. Oh, it's only right. It's only right, so it's don't go right. anywhere, folks. We're sending you out. On a Friday with some laughs, with some fun, and not even really sending you out, right? Because after we get off the air, you still got two more hours of coverage here on SNR. Hey, it's always a great time to be a Steeler fan, but particularly during training camp, nobody has you covered like your 24-7 home of the black and gold. We're going to take a break. More, uh, More division floor and ceiling talk on the other side. You're listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. AFC South, ceiling and floor. That is our first hour conversation here. Continuing with our uh, our ceiling floor discussions this week, Arthur Motes. Let's talk about that team that went to the AFC Championship game, those Tennessee Titans. 9-7 and seven last year, then they go on that just run to remember. They beat the Pats in the wildcard round in Foxborough. They beat the Ravens in the divisional round in Baltimore. And then, I mean, again, they, they were up, what, 21-7 to seven on the Chiefs, I think, at one point, right? I mean, who wasn't up on the Chiefs at one point and then ended up losing? <laughs> I've never seen nothing like every it. playoff game the Chiefs every, played. We're down double one. digits every playoff Texans, game. Texans, Titans, and then in the Super Bowl against they like, were down ten in the fourth quarter, with like six minutes against along with the Steelers, like the best defense in the NFL last year. Yeah, man. 
I'm not going to lie. I've never seen anything I've like that. I've never bro. seen anything like that either. Uh, but the Tennessee Titans, good on them. Nine and seven uh, and doing it in a different way with that success. Riding Derrick Henry uh, to, uh, to the AFC Championship game. Year number two for Mike Vrabel last year. He enters his third year at the helm down there in Nashville. Uh, again, nine and seven last year. Motsi, they got the continuity. Uh, you and I have talked a lot about that defense, a lot about that defense and how they're the most underrated unit in the National Football League. They lose Jack Conklin, and, and that's certainly a loss uh, for their run game, but I think A.J. Brown gets a little bit better. I think Ryan Tannehill, you know, I don't expect him to win, what, like 80% of his starts like he did last year, but I think they'll be more settled hey, hey, with hey. Ryan Tannehill. That's that's the most improved player in the NFL, so true. put some respect on That's him. true. Um Nine and seven last year. I think that's about it this year. For their ceiling, I'll give them one more credit, right? I'll say ten and six is their ceiling. And I'm not gonna say very low for their floor either. Seven and nine. I think that's about where I'd have them. They're kinda like the Texans. I maybe just give the Texans a little bit more benefit because I think they at least have the quarterback that could win them some games if they need them to. See? Now this is where we differ. Ooh. I like see. I like it when we we've been we've been agreeing too much. We have been, man. I see the Titans as a team that could easily win eleven games. You want to know why? They were nine and seven last year, and who did Marcus they have? Marcus Mariota. Their, I'm gonna say their starting quarterback was Marcus Mariota the first half of the season. Tannehill, they picked him up and said, you know what? You you get a chance now. You you going to be the starter. And you saw how that whole thing played out. So you're gonna tell me now that Tannehill has led this team to an AFC Championship game along with Derrick Henry, who at a time we thought it was gonna be either or in terms of getting them back next year. Yeah. This upcoming season, they were actually able to get both of them. I mean, through uh through getting a long-term deal done with um with uh with Tannehill, oh, yeah. but then at the same time, getting a long-term deal done with uh Derrick Henry. Yes. Like he was completely open to it and the deal was very team-friendly as well as compensating him at a, at a double digit per year average who still have him as the top 5 uh highest paid running back. So when I looked at them being able to accomplish both of those things along with the majority of their team coming back, for me, this is an 11-win team. You won nine games last year, and we talked about how, yeah, it, it was rough at, at a time. We didn't think it would make the playoffs. Right. Let alone go to the AFC Championship game. We thought it was a time where, okay, the Colts were probably going to get in. We said we knew the Texans were going to get in. And this is the this is the end of the Marcus Mariota <laughs> right. era. And, the, the, like, and, and the that's what it was. Titans are going to rebuild. Yeah. But but they found a way. They found their quarterback on the fly. And let's be real. Tannehill's a former first-round draft pick. Yeah. Tannehill has had success. Tannehill has also been a part of some very bad Miami Dolphins teams that were very poorly coached. Shout-out to your boy that's going to be coaching Sam Donald now, all right? But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> right. But ultimately, man, when I think of the Titans, I think this is a team that they have the model to win, especially I talked about this offseason hmm. with how you're not going to get a chance to really prepare to the level that you would want to prepare. You're not sure. getting a chance Continuity to – Continuity is important. The continuity element, but you're not going to get a chance to implement some of these very intricate schemes and, and get a chance to see them in the preseason to say, okay, does this work, does this not work? So – the alternative is what? You lean heavy on what you know. You lean heavy on a run game that travels. You lean heavy on Derrick Henry. You lean heavy on Tannehill not turning the ball over, which he did a phenomenal job yes, of last year. And you play defense. They have the 1,000-yard receiver in place and the up-and-coming star, A.J. Brown, who's coming off 1,000 yards in his rookie campaign with both of those quarterbacks. So him having Tannehill the whole season, those numbers are going to go up. Derrick Henry having 10 Hill the whole season. His numbers could go up because he doesn't have to worry about a stacked box. When they were playing Mariota, they were not worried about Mariota beating them, throwing the ball. They said, no, we got to stop this run. 
So all of those things point to the Titans being a very good team. And in fact, I have them as my favorite to win the AFC South. I think the mm. Colts are going to be competitive with them, and I think the Colts will still get in the playoffs. But I think the Titans are going to win that division. So I have them Ooh. at 11 games, best case scenario. I think worst case is 8-8, eight and eight, man, because they just have the model. If Tannehill is playing terrible, they can always lean on Derrick Henry and just run the ball. And what people forget, too, is this. We all get enamored with Mariota and how he can run in his legs. Tannehill has that he's a mobile, as well. He's a guy too, yeah. Tannehill was a former college wide receiver. Yeah. He has that element. People don't people forget That's about right. that, but he definitely that has that. A and M, right? Yes, he indeed. Started Texas as a A&M. wide receiver is freshman yes. red shirt freshman year or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And down in Miami, they ran a lot, of, they ran some spread off mm-hmm. uh spread off spread offense stuff with him where he was able to use his legs and get on the perimeter, similar to what we're seeing with Josh Allen in Buffalo. So yeah, I, I think, man, this is a perfect situation for him, hmm. perfect situation for Vrabel, and just that team as a whole, especially in this type of offseason. That's a good call by you. That continuity is definitely going to go a long way. Speaking of those Indianapolis Colts, Arthur Motes, 7-9 and nine last season, but now they bring in the wily veteran Phillip Rivers into the organization. You and I really like the defense. You and I really like the offensive line. Phillip Rivers is obviously the big question mark, right? So I think their floor in stealing is a wider gap than the Texans and the Titans. Because at the ceiling, I think I'll still go 11-5 and five for, for their ceiling. Their floor, though, I mean, if Phillip Rivers gets hurt, if Phillip Rivers doesn't bounce back from last season, I mean, that team could win six games. I don't think they're much worse than that. They've got a nice kind of heart of their roster if you will right like they've got a lot of talent at important positions on that roster you know it anyone who's listened to this show for more than 15 minutes knows it I believe in Frank Reich I think he's a good coach so yes ceiling I'll go 11 and 5 but floor I'll go a little bit lower I'll go 6 and 10 Mm. now this team was the most difficult to me because I believe in their roster I believe I offensively, defensively, they they have everything We're you talking want. Talking best case scenario, I the I think the problem it's there. is the quarterback. Philip Rivers, the jury is out on right now, mm-hmm. and even though I try to tell myself, okay, if I believe that Big Ben is coming back healthy, he's good to go, then I got to keep that same energy with a Philip Rivers. The problem is Ben didn't play last year because he was hurt. I got a chance to watch Philip Rivers, <laughs> and that's the part that's still just in my mind. Like I just don't know if he's back on that level or not. That's the biggest issue for me. But if he is, do I think this team can win 11 games? I mean, that's a four-game increase from what they did last year. I personally think 10 wins is going to be their ceiling, especially in this offseason, because it's not as if Phillip has had the opportunity to be there this whole time. I mean, you're hearing reports even from Tom Brady down in Tampa where he's talking about how, hey, this is the first time I've had to learn a playbook in a while. It's a little difficult. Phillip Rivers in the same boat. Phillip Rivers has been in that same Chargers offense for decades now. And now he's going to have to learn a new system, new players, and go on from there. So I think that could potentially hold him back this year. And that's in the best-case scenario for him. Now, defensively, I think they're going to be fine. Like I said, offensively, they're going to be fine. I just I'm worried about him because he's the piece. If he is... Philip Rivers from twenty what 2015, 2016? Or even 2018. It's totally different. Yeah. Because they have the talent. That's totally different. 
But right now, I'm just thinking to myself, okay, is he going to be just good or is he going to be top five good? Like, that's the difference. Right. Like, I'm not saying he won't come out here and be a top 15 to top 10 quarterback, but to be a top five quarterback, or even that's, top 10. Right, that's the difference to me. So that's why I have them at 10 wins at best. But I could see a scenario, you said no worse than six wins. I could see a scenario where he, he loses them a couple games and, yeah. and they end up with a five-win season type mm-hmm. thing. I could see that just because – We've seen it before with yeah, Philip. That's yeah. the biggest issue. And I mean, they were seven and nine last year, so a two game, yeah. you know, a two game slide wouldn't be that. It's not like they're falling off the face of Correct. a cliff. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I just think of when we talk worst case, Philip playing, you know, subpar at best, and then T. Y. Hilton dealing with the injuries, which he deals with every year. I mean, you can bank on him missing one to two games every time. Yeah. I mean, he's dealing with hamstring issues right now, and he's on that other side of thirty, so it's not going to get any better. <laughs> Oh, that other side of 30. I love how I love I'm, how, I'm, I'm staring it down, Archie. Now, now, today is the other side of 30. That's, That's right. It's, it's a bad thing. That's when right. you're talking about 30 the other day, it was like, oh, he's just 30. He's good. Well, make I'm, tw- up your I'm mind. 29 right now. Make so give me, up your give, me mind. A, give me a few more months here and then I'll make up my mind. All right. I saw somebody talking about, man, Julio, who? 31 years old. Yeah, Julio at 31 still going to cook 99% of the corners <laughs> in this league. <laughs> yes. Arthur Boats last and usually least. As it comes to the AFC South, Jacksonville Jaguars. Man, you look at their last five years. You take out 2017. They haven't won more than six games. I mean, a lot of five-win seasons, a lot of three-win seasons, a lot of six-win seasons. I think that continues. I mean... I mean, you're a Jacksonville guy. You love. I mean, Doug Marone, that's your dude, Would man. Would you stop? I, I like it. Leonard Fournette. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you said we should have traded for him. I remember that. Um, that was Adam Crowley. All right, you're thinking of the different. Yeah, you're uh-huh. thinking of the different WVU grad that works in this building. One, one WVU, all the same. You know how it goes. Four. One win. Oh, disrespectful! Two, God. two, two. Okay, two wins. I was like, come on, two man. Two wins. All right. I mean, Gardner Mishu's mustache should be good enough for at least two wins. Ceiling, I mean, six wins? I, I don't see this team winning any more than six wins. Even if the defense gets better, and even if Leonard Fournette has a, a good season like he did quietly last year, mm-hmm. where's the talent? I, I just I, I don't see it. Where's the talent? Come on, man. Don't do them like that, man. Come on, man. Don't do them like that. Don't do them like that. Okay, you're right. There is some talent on they there. They have some pieces. They do. They do have some pieces. I just don't know if those pieces will be requesting a trade before the season starts. Now, that's the different part. Very true. Very true. Uh, six, uh, six win ceiling, two win floor. Am I wrong? You're going to tell me they could win seven or eight games? I could, Well, we talked about the division. We said that's that, true. hey, the division is, is not what we think it is. So, yeah, I could see a scenario where they win seven games, but Garner Mitchell would have to be playing extremely well. Or worst-case scenario, we've seen Mike Glennon come in and, and can win you a game yeah. or two. We've seen that. Yeah. And, and, hey, Josh Dobbs is still there. Yes, indeed, man. NASA's but, finest. Hey, very true. Very true. But when I look at their roster, I'm like, I mean, Tyler Eifert, health is the biggest issue with him. We know that. On the offensive line, though, Andrew Norwell, he, he's good. Jawan Taylor. People were pretty high on him, so it's going to be interesting to see how he plays out down there and stuff like that. But defensively, that's the thing that, that really gets me because I'm like, if they all are on the same page and they're all wanting to be there and they're down requesting for trades, they got some guys. Yeah. 
they got some guys, man. Like, like, like just, just, all right. We know Yannick Ngakwe. We know he can ball. Josh Allen, high round pick. We know he can ball. Miles Jack. Let's be real, man. A lot of hype surrounded him coming out. Yeah. Now, I, I, he he early on he was playing up to part of that. He was. I think last year because of Telvin uh, Telvin Smith retiring when he did or stepping away from the game when he did, I think that ultimately impacted him. But they did a good job in terms of bringing in Joe Schobert this offseason. We saw what he was able to do in Cleveland, and, and I mean the game he had against us on a. Was it was a Thursday night? We had the two picks yes. running to Tampa too. I mean, he balled out. No, he's a, he's one of the more yeah. underrated linebackers in the NFL. I, I absolutely. Really think. You have journeyman Cassius Marsh, but Cassius has been a guy that's played on contenders. He's been yeah. in New England. He's been in uh, Seattle. He's been on the Niners. Like he he's one of those consistent. He's gonna get four to five sacks. He's gonna make a splash play every once in a while. He gives special teams work, and then you got C.J. Henderson. So when I look at the I'm like, they have pieces. <laughs> They have pieces, they in, have some and, pieces. and they're right. in a and they're in, a, in, a, in a weak division, so I can see a seven win team coming from them. Worst case, they could easily be a three or four win team tops tops. I mean, that'd be super bad. I just don't want to <laughs> give them a two win because two wins you got it. That's that's like malpractice, and I don't. I, it's, it's no way <laughs> that that can happen. So I'm gonna just outside of Cleveland, that doesn't yeah. happen very so often. So it's out of respect. I'm gonna say a four win season, and that's that. All right, because even last year, as bad as it was, I mean, you saw they still were able to get six wins. Mm-hmm. How? How? The the guy that they paid all that money to and Nick Foles gets hurt with opening game, opening game versus the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Then from there, Garner Minshew comes in, and who even knows this guy? And he was able to do that on the fly. So I'm just banking on Doug Marone and, and, and that coaching staff down there saying, you know what, we've had a full offseason now yeah. to prepare and say this is our guy, implement schemes. They got Leonard Fournette back after trying to trade him. I mean, that's the problem. <laughs> Any of their good guys have either been traded or they wanted to be traded. <laughs> so you're just like, all right, hopefully he's going to be inspired because he's playing for that new contract or t- a new contract elsewhere. In Gakwe, same situation. Josh Allen, he's early on, but he's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to learn from you guys so I can get up out of here too. Hopefully that's the scenario. And then Joe Schobert could be the next guy to come you know, down there via trade or via free agency the, to be their middle linebacker stud guy like Paul Pozlesny was when he left the Buffalo sure, Bills. Sure. So that's what I'm banking on right now with those guys. I can see it. I can see it. You know what? As we've kind of had some some time here to think about it and been thinking about the AFC South, I might be with you. If I was going to wager, if I was going to throw down a futures bet on a team to win that division right now, it might be the Titans. I think I might be with you on that. I'm definitely going to Titans, man. They've got the least amount of question marks of any of the other teams. I mean, it definitely wouldn't be the Jags, right? They'd only be the other yeah. three teams that you would consider. I don't think your odds are going to be good with the Texans because of Deshaun Watson. He's going to going to offset that. They're probably the favorite, the betting favorite yeah, right now. Yeah, they're the betting favorite. I think Colts are still going to have good odds because of Phillip Rivers. But teams are sleeping on the Titans, man. I mean, now, the continuity thing that you brought up is a real thing in this offseason. That's... That's going to be for teams like the Titans, teams yeah. like the Steelers, teams like, unfortunately, the Baltimore Ravens. Continuity that, helps that's, them out of time, that's gonna be a real. That's going to be a real thing this uh, this offseason entering this year. I, I really think it is. Definitely, man. And when you look at the continuity, especially on the Titans, offensively and defensively, all those guys have been there together. I mean, just I'm going to name off these guys on defense. So Dory Jackson, he's been there for multiple years now. Kevin Byer, who was a phenomenal safety, doesn't get nowhere near the respect he deserves. He's been there. Kenny Vaccaro's been there for the past couple of years as well. Malcolm Butler. I mean, dude, that's all in the secondary, which we talked about is key when it comes to being successful in the NFL. You either have to have elite rushers or you have to have elite cover guys. 
they have a, a top-notch defensive second uh, defensive secondary. Then up front with Jeffrey Simmons, he's going to be healthy for the full year. That's a big, uh, a big, big thing this year because last year he missed time, obviously. But then even Vic Beasley, like I said, Vic is a guy who led the NFL in sacks for a season. Yeah. You don't just stumble across that. There has to be some type of talent there. Now, granted, we got to figure out what's his situation between showing up and not showing up because maybe he has that whole – all right, I've talked to the coach, but I haven't reported, but I know I'm not supposed to be not there, but I am not there. So that whole situation is kind of crazy. But either way, I'm banging on him being able to ball out, okay? And then offensively, man, we talked about, I mean, with Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, mm-hmm. you still got Taylor Lewan, one of the best tackles in the NFL. So, yeah, they, they have a ton of stuff there, man, and they got coaching. That they do. That's what I'm putting my money on. That they do. So there's our thoughts on the AFC South on Monday. Eh, Tuesday, we will uh, <laughs> we will uh, finish out the AFC with the AFC West. One hour in the books, another hour to go before we turn things over to Mike Pursuta, Dale Lally, and Matt Williamson. And you know what I think it's time for, Moats? Uh-oh. Could it be? You want to play a little phone call roulette? Oh, baby! Now, let's see if this works out right, because we've had a couple of our loyal listeners that tweeted us today. I don't know if you saw this. I did. They said, hey, fellas, I'm going to catch the podcast because I'll be watching the I Penguins did game. I that, man. I definitely saw that. So we'll see. Some of those loyal listeners might miss out. Maybe there's some uh, some new blood out there, though, who wants to jump in, Motsi. We'll see. Let's play a little hotline roulette, all right? All right, let's do it. Because we only have one line open and one phone number. All right? If you call this number right now, we will start the second hour of the show with your question on air. All right? One opportunity. A little hotline roulette. Here it is. 412-919-8387. Shout out Sidney Crosby. 412-919-8387. We'll take the first caller coming out of the next break. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. This is the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Good evening, Steelers Nation. How we doing? Peachy. Well, that's good. Me too. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, hour number two inside the electric factory here on a Friday. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. And Arthur Motes, uh, for the first time, I mean, they, they don't do it very often, but Uh-oh. a little let down by the grid here. No, nah, man. Hotline roulette didn't work. But you know what? We're still batting two for three. I mean, the Pirates yeah. would take that out. Well, and, and you got to remember this, too, man. We have a live hockey game, playoff hockey game going on right now. We know this. And it's Friday at 5 o'clock. And we had to change our time slot. It was at 3 o'clock. Now it's 4 o'clock. That's so, true. man, you got to roll with it sometimes. All right. Baby. You know what? You're, 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 you're off the hook. Yeah, man. I'm you're not off go- the hook, grid. Yeah, we, we can't go on the power grid like that, man. These are, are very unique circumstances right now, but man. But next week, no excuses. No excuses then. Play like a champion. Absolutely. The standard standard. Arthur Motes, we want to talk a little uh, bounce-back candidates for each team in the National Football League in 2020. 32 players, one for each team. Let's start at the top of the list here. Let's start in the division, Arthur Motes, that you and I debate the most. No, it's not the AFC North. It's I actually know exactly the NFC, where you're going. It's actually the <laughs> NFC East. <laughs> it's like our mistress division here oh, on the program. Man. So let's get right into it, Arthur Mutz. We'll go. It's alpha- always your fault that we we'll debate go, it so much. Also, we'll man. go alphabetically here within the division. Are you sure it's alphabetically? 
based on the first letter of the team. Oh, okay. So not okay. nickname, location okay. name, because one team in the division doesn't have a nickname currently. It does. It's the football team. Well, that's true. You're right. Come on, the, man. The put, FT. Put some respect the, on them. The FT. The football team. Are the most the Dallas Cowboys bounce back candidates? And now this is going to be an interesting balance, right, of people who had underwhelming seasons last year yeah. as opposed to people who just missed time and underperformed due to injury, right? Correct. Leighton Vander Esch for the Dallas Cowboys I think is a, a pretty obvious one. And I know that this is an injury one. It's not that he just went out there and stunk up the joint last year. Yeah. He had his neck problems. And now I know you've made a very good point about this in the past, Arthur Motes. Very astute. That those neck problems sometimes, man, they can linger for a while. They can stick with you. It, it might not be that he just comes back this year and everything's all hunky-dory. But I've got faith in that guy. You know that I love that guy. I love them coming out of Boise State. I'm going with that man, Layton. No, man, I like that pick a lot. And, in fact, I do second that because we know how good he is. I mean, when he's healthy, he is an elite-tier top-five interior linebacker. Now, you brought up the concerns around him with the neck injury, but reports have already been out from Dallas that he said that he's feeling good. He's not worried about the neck going into the season. He's ready to play and get back to his old form. So with that, I'm I'm following suit, and I'm going to believe that, hey, last year's neck injury was a one-off. It's a fluke. It's not the Antonio Pierce situation. He's going to be good to go ultimately because we know when he is healthy, I mean, dude, that changed the whole outlook of that Dallas defense. Jalen Smith plays so much better when he's out there. Everybody yeah. plays better when Leighton's out there, man. So I agree with you on that one, man. Let's go Leighton. New York football giants. This is another easy one for me, Arthur Motes. It's Golden Tate. Uh, I mean, it's a wide receiver that's had a ton of success. Uh, underperformed last year, I think, because of injuries and just some situations there on the team. Saquon should be even better this year. Daniel Jones should get better. That offensive line should be improved with the fourth overall pick, Andrew Thomas. Golden Tate, I know what he's capable of. He'll show it this year. He's my pick for the Giants. Interesting. I wasn't expecting that from you, honestly, man. I was not expecting that. You like that, though, don't you? I, I do. I actually do like it a lot, man. Jeez. Uh, I guess for me, man, if I have to pick someone for a bounce-back campaign. Bounce-back. I'm going to have to go to the defensive side of the ball. Okay. And I'm going to have to go with the guy who was a top 10 pick. Interior defensive lineman, DN type, Leonard Williams, man. We know he's talented. He's, he's extremely talented, man. And when you get drafted six overall, the expectation for you is a lot higher. It is. Let's be real. No, You're not allowed is. to have, you know, mediocre seasons or, or – just okay season. Now, I know that he dealt with some injuries last year. He's dealt with injuries the past two – I mean, not the past two years, but he dealt with injuries um, a little bit last year as well and things like that, and that kept him out. But ultimately, man, you got to be more productive. Let's be real about it. I mean, regardless of how you want to slice it, whether it was the first half of the season with the Giants or the second half with the Jets, I mean, regardless of how you look at it, it just was not up to par for the number six overall pick. So he's the guy that I'm saying that, hey, you got to play better. You have to be more productive. You ultimately have to live up to the to your draft standing, man. When you're a top ten pick, I expect top ten pick productivity from yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. You're right. It's one thing to be a first-round pick, right? It's another thing to be a top ten Top pick. ten pick, that's, that changes everything. Yeah. I think you're right on that one. That's another good call by you. Let's take the toll, the expensive toll across the turnpike here. Drive across the Commonwealth, the Philadelphia Eagles, Arthur Mates. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. There's some good candidates here. A lot of guys because of injury, too. 
you know what, Arthur Motes? I thought about saying Zach Ertz, right? Ooh. But I just pulled up his I just pulled up his numbers. Uh-huh. He had statistically the second best season of his career last year. Wow. It's hard to bounce back from the second best season of your career. St- I mean, he had almost 1,000 yards, still had 88 receptions, and scored six touchdowns. He did. Yeah. 906- that was a quiet year from him, and though, That's man. a quiet year from him because, you know, because the year before he had over 1,100 yards, had eight touchdowns, and had 116 yeah, receptions. Yeah, he did, he did go crazy that year. So Zach Ertz was my answer till I looked at it. Mozi, you can't bounce back from a 900 900- uh, yard six touchdown 88 reception season I, eh, can't do it so I could talk about Darius Slay right I mean he hasn't been with the Eagles in the past he's a, he's a new addition I think I'm gonna go Alshon Jeffrey though and again I know this is another one it's not like he under just went out there and stunk it up it's because of injuries but Alshon Jeffrey he has never been right an A.J. Green or an Antonio Brown or a Julio Jones, but I think for a large part of his career, he was considered in that second tier of wide receivers. Yes. Um, and Alshon Jeffrey, when he's healthy, he has been huge for that Eagles team. Uh, he's very talented. I think there's going to be uh, just kind of a a real opportunity for that offense to if they stay healthy to put up some big numbers. So I'll go with Alshon Jeffrey. I like it. This one was a little bit easier for me, man. I, I said I had to go with Deshaun Jackson. He's a guy that was it's brought in one. to light it up. He was brought in to take the top off the defense, a guy that can consistently do that. But the problem was, man, he wasn't healthy. You talked about Philly. I mean, we can go down the list of receivers or defensive backs, man. They just were a very beat-up team. And ultimately, that was the reason why they weren't able to, to – to, have the season that they were hoping for. Yeah. So for me, man, it's a no-brainer. Deshaun Jackson, he's got to be the guy to have the bounce-back season this year. The Washington football team, Arthur Motes. I love it. I'm going to go chalk on this one because I don't know where else to go. Landon Collins. Landon Collins. Did Landon Collins. There, man. You know, yeah. he's always good in the box. He's been Jekyll and Hyde when it comes to playing and coverage. You know, I, I don't think that He's going to be the, you know, when he was an all-pro, right, as a rookie at 21 mm-hmm. with the Giants, we all thought, wow, I mean, what this guy could be in a few years. I don't know if he's ever going to reach that ceiling that we thought he could, but I also think he's a, a good safety in the National Football League, Arthur Mo. It's like he's been forgotten in two years really quickly. Now he gets SD to come in there and play center True. field for him. I just, I, I, this is kind of a chalk answer. I don't know. I guess I could go Jonathan Allen, maybe. They talk about Ryan Kerrigan. I mean, there's a lot of guys who they didn't have bad seasons, but they could have certainly better seasons in 2020. I'll go with Landon Collins. Yeah, for me, this is a no-brainer, man. It's Ryan Kerrigan. Yeah. Like, when you look at— He, he would have been my second yeah, one. You, you look at what he did. I mean, since he's come in the league, his lowest sack total has been seven and a half sacks. Outside of that, eight and a half, eight and a half, 13 and a half, nine and a half, 11 sacks, 13 sacks, 13 sacks. And then you get to last year where, granted, that was his first time not playing a full season. He played 12 games, but only had five and a half sacks. That's that's not cutting it, man. When you talk about Ryan Kerrigan, he is the guy that leads that defense. He sets the tone for that defense. He's been doing that since he's got uh, into the league. He's an extremely productive pass rusher, and he makes a ton of plays for them, man. Yeah. So there, there is no way – he can go out there and have another five-sack season, less than double-digit yeah. sack season. Especially when you look at the guy he's going to be playing opposite to now, man. He has Chase Young there. So there isn't the excuse of now you're getting doubled anymore. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> you got Montez Sweet on the side. I, I, I don't. I mean, Montez Sweat on the side. I don't want to hear yeah. any excuses. 
you got a ball. You got to produce. You got to get back to your to, to your level of play. And you talk about that defense. It can be sneaky good. You got John Bostic, who's a, a very, very uh, wily veteran uh, at the middle linebacker spot. But they also got Thomas Davis, the ageless wonder, who's been able to be productive everywhere he's been. Granted, health is the big concern with him. But then you got Reuben Foster as well, another guy who they were extremely high on. They got hurt. But now if he can stay healthy, man, we know what he is. Mm-hmm. So for me, man. I'm, I'm excited, man, but it's got to be Ryan Kerrigan because out of all those guys that were injured, he's the one that was not injured. He was the one that, hey, right. you you were out there. We saw actual less than savory performances yes. from you. With Ruben Foster, Ruben was hurt. Yep. Bostic, they signed him right before the season started. Right. You know what I mean? So so you you got some, some all right, that, that could be a reason that we could justify that, but there is no justifying Ryan Kerrigan right now, so he's the one. It's a good call. That's a good call. NFC North, Arthur Moach, Chicago Bears. This is a hard one, too, but for a different reason, because I think there's a lot of really good candidates in this discussion. You could talk about Roquan Smith. You could talk about Akeem Hicks. But it's got to be Khalil Mack, right? Absolutely. I was about to say, man, are we really about to play this <laughs> game, man? We know exactly where we're going. It's, uh, it's Khalil Mack. It's only one answer. It's yeah. only, only one right answer here, man. Right. I don't even know if we need to spend that much time on it. Khalil Mack, a little bit of an underwhelming season last year. A little bit? Okay. By his standards, an underwhelming season Holy last cow. year. Had what? Nine and a half sacks? No. Eight and, a, eight half. and a half. Eight and a half sacks. Yeah. Okay, that's very underwhelming. Exactly. It's Khalil Mack. <laughs> Without a doubt, it's Khalil Mack, man. Yeah. When you're getting paid, which when he's getting paid, there is no excuse for less than double-digit sacks. He's in the Von Miller category and in, in in a year from now, when T.J. White gets paid, he'll be in that category as well. Yeah. Where anything le- – and it can't be 10. I need 11, 12 plus. Otherwise, yeah, yeah, you're not living up to your contract. You're not living up to the pay that you're receiving. Now, granted, Khalil still excelled in his usual in terms of creating havoc in, in the run game, in terms of just being a force, making you have to allocate multiple guys to him. But either way, at the end of the day, man – you got to have sacks. That's what you're there for. You were brought in to be a double-digit sack guy consistently. And, yeah, there is no excuse, man, so he has to be the guy. The Detroit Lions, the Detroit Lions. Arthur Motes, I'm going with snacks. I'm going with Damon Harrison. Uh, only 49 tackles last year, and this is coming from a guy who's had 72, 86, 76, 81 Okay, I know he's not a spring chicken anymore, but I think he's certainly... Oh, why isn't he a spring chicken? How old is he? Well, he'll be 32 this season. Whoa. He does like those snacks, though. Big snacks. Whoa, 32. I'm going with big snacks, Damon Harrison, uh, to have a, a bounce-back season for the Lions. Man, he had a whole 32, huh? Oh, a whole 32 years old. Whew, cha. <sighs> I like that. I like that pick a lot. Actually, um... <laughs> When we're talking about bounce back guys with them, it's weird because <laughs> I look at Trey Flowers and I'm like, man, he could improve. But more so for him, I'm thinking more of the contract than necessarily his productivity because he's, I mean, his productivity last year was right on par with what he's always been. I just think because the Lions overpaid for him, the expectation surrounding him is a lot different. But um, to not take the low-hanging fruit of Matthew Stafford, <laughs> I will go with Jamie Collins. Ooh. Yeah, he, he, I mean, obviously that was his first year back in New England last year, and we know schematically they do certain things with him and stuff like that, but 
ultimately he has to play better, not only in the pass game, which he excels in, but in the run game. I mean, we talk about that Titans game where they could not stop the run, and the Patriots were not putting him on the field. So what does that say about you if you're getting gashed and you're the guy that they won't even put on the field? Mm-hmm. He ended up with uh, 80 tackles. I mean, the year before that, he had over 100 tackles in Cleveland. So he has to improve in that area in, in a big way. Now, like I said, from a cover standpoint, he had three interceptions. That was the most he's had in his career. But he has to improve in the run game. He has to improve his productivity in that regard to get back to what he used to be. So that's why I'm going Jamie Collins on this one, man. Green Bay Packers. Now, this one's difficult for me, Mozi. You know why? Why? Because Devin Funchess opted out. <laughs> and he would have been my answer easily. But he opted out, so I can't go with him anymore. He's making this difficult on me. Jeez. And also, it's just it's difficult to pick a bounce-back candidate from a team that went to the NFC Championship game. They had a pretty good year. No, no, no. A really good year. A really good year. Yeah. I mean, and even when people they talk about— the last four teams standing. Th- think about this. Even when people talk about Aaron Rodgers having a down year. Right. That's, that's a so miss. Is he your bounce-back candidate? No, you're right. That is yeah, a miss. That's a miss. Uh, Rick Wagner, the right tackle, the guy who plays across from Bakatari. He's really the only guy that I can think of. He didn't have a terrible year last year, but he hadn't been as good as he was in the prior seasons. Didn't grade out well by people that do that type of thing for a living. Uh, I'll go with Rick Wagner. Again, this one's difficult for, for a team that was one of the last four standing last yeah, year. Yeah, very difficult. I'm going to go with the new addition inside linebacker, Christian Kirksey. Ooh, that's a good one. Obviously, didn't um, even, I didn't even think about him. Yeah, with, with Kirksey, man, he had the injuries last year, so that was the big reason why he doesn't have the productivity that he's accustomed to having. Honestly, the past two seasons, uh, 18 and 19, he's been hurt, hasn't even played more than seven, eight games in those seasons. So he's the guy, man. When he's healthy, he's a high 100-plus tackle guy, high-volume tackle guy. Very productive player. Yeah, him being healthy changes everything for that defense as well, man. So I'm going with with, uh, Christian Kirksey. The Minnesota Vikings. There's my Lizzo reference for the day. Here you go singing again, boy. I'll tell you. For a person that said they can't sing, you sing sing a lot. But I love it. I'm like Bob Dylan. Jeez. Didn't he get paid through that, though? (sighs) He got paid a lot more than your boy is. Jeez. Uh, What happened? What did I say? The Minnesota Vikings. Stephon Diggs exits stage left. Big opportunity for Adam Thielen, who had an underwhelming season last year, Motsi. Uh, First time in four years that he wasn't even close to 1,000 yards. Injuries played into that. He only played 10 games last year, but only had 418 yards and six touchdowns, uh, the lowest number in his career since 2015. Thanks for for bringing it up. Jeez, man, you keep reminding me. I like Thielen, bro. Come on, man. Me too, and that's why I'm picking him. He's going to bounce back in 2020. Yeah, I'm picking him as well, man. Let's be real, bro. Thielen is a top 10 talented wide receiver. He is so underrated. He gets zero respect. Yeah. It's insane. I mean, even when you look at what him and Stephon Diggs did there together, numbers-wise and accolades-wise, it's not even close. Thielen was Batman, but nobody talks about Thielen as if he's Batman. Everybody talks about him as if he's Robin <laughs> or as if he's Alfred, man. This is insane, man. So, yes, without a doubt, Thielen is the bounce-back guy. Thielen is the guy that will bounce back, and we know when he's on. He is on. Yes, I concur. Halfway through the NFC, in terms of this bounce-back candidates conversation, we'll wrap up the NFC on the other side. We'll also, before we get out of here, get to your tweets. So keep them coming. At Wesley Euler, at TheBody52. The Body. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, 
SNR. Bounce back candidates for 2020. We're breaking down the NFC here. Euler Emotes on SNR. Just about a half an hour or so until we turn things over to Mike Pursuta, Dale Lolly, and Matt Williamson. They'll have the training camp report for you from 6 until 8 Eastern time right here on SNR. The NFC South, Arthur Motes, the Atlanta Falcons. Hmm. Hmm. This is a tough one because, I mean, their good players were good last year. And they're not so good players. We're, we're not, not so good. We're not so good. I know where I'm going with my. You want me to go first, man? You on go this first. One? I think I know who you're going with, too, and I think I'm going to steal them. Yep, yep. Is we, it the uh, Thumbtack? Who's the Thumbtack? Tack McKinley? No, actually. Oh! It is not. <laughs> okay. That's who you're going with, though? I think I might go with Tack McKinley. I'm going with the new addition, Ty Gurley, man. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even thinking about these new additions. Yeah, because see, with Gurley, man, we know what he could be when he's healthy. Last year, quote-unquote, he said he was healthy. But McVay in that offense said otherwise in terms of the play call and in terms of some of the things that he was exposed to. And ultimately, man, he's the big question mark. You saw the deal that he signed. Uh, Atlanta, they still paid him nicely yeah. for the running back position. And he's a guy that, like I said, when he's been healthy, has proven to be the best, like one of the best players in the league, man, from an offensive standpoint. So I think he's the guy that you have to bank on returning back to form, man, if if that uh, Falcons offense wants to get back to what they were. And the thing for him, too, is Matt Ryan is a way better passer than Jared Goff, so you got to anticipate that being an upgrade for him. Hmm. He also is going to be out there with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, who, I mean, we know Julio, top two, you could debate number one receiver in the NFL, along with Calvin Ridley, who's proven to be really good as well. So I think all of those things bode extremely well for Ty Gurley. That's a good call. Controlled, uh, controlled climate with him playing in the dome, so he's not going to have to worry about weather and things like that. I know sometimes with the knee injuries you're playing up sure. north, that can have an effect on sure. you. But him playing inside, man, controlled climate, it should be a great situation for him, man. So that's the guy I'm going with. That's a good call by you. Carolina Panthers. How about Russell Okung, huh? That's what I was going with. Yeah. Man. I mean, they're going to yeah. run the ball. They're going to run the ball. They're going to mm-hmm. run the ball. And then they're going to run the ball some more. Absolutely. And he's a guy, man, that when healthy is a Pro Bowl caliber player. But I mean, think, was it last year? He had the blood clots, I want to say. Correct. And that's ultimately what limits him, man, which Correct. is a scary situation to deal with. Yes, it is. So, yeah, man, for him, if he can if he can bounce back from that, man, yeah, without a doubt, he's the guy. Yo, boys, Arthur Motes. My boys? The new. My boys. Orleans. Saints. What you, what you mean, my boys? I know. They're not your boys. My boys. They're your boys. Now, this is another tough one, Arthur Mo. It's a good football team. It's tough to pick a bounce-back candidate from a good football team. <sighs> you want me to go first again, man? Because this is clear. This is easy. It's only one right answer right here, okay, man. Okay, who is it? Come on, bro. It's Alvin Kamara. What are we talking yeah. about? Man, the seasons that he was having leading up to last season, man, was rivaling that of a Christian McCaffrey. When we were talking about who's going to get the bigger deal between the two, the difference was McCaffrey went out there and had a record-breaking year last season to separate himself, whereas Kamara took a step back. Now, granted, he dealt with some injuries. Granted, 
Drew Brees missed some times. There were some other variables playing along with that. Mark Henry gone for the first, I mean, Mark Ingram gone for the first time in his career. So, yeah, there were multiple variables, but at the end of the day, Kamara has to be better. Kamara is a yeah. is a thousand and thousand type of guy, a thousand rush, a thousand receiver. He's that type of player. He's that caliber athlete. So, without a doubt, man, the performance that he had last season just was not good enough for him, nor was it good enough for that Saints offense. So, he has to be the guy. Now, that's a good call by you. In 2018, Motsi, he scored 18 touchdowns. Exactly. Last year, he had six. Exactly. I'm not good at math, but that's a third of the touchdowns that he had the year before. I'm not good at anything except knowing that that's not good. <laughs> the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Arthur Motes, and I think I've talked about this before, but my answer is Nadama Kinsu. We know how he is when he's got running mates, when he's on a team that he fancies has a real chance to do something special. He get is, a little motivated. He is a stud. He's you know he's kind of the you got to dangle the carrot in front of him sometimes. But when he's motivated, he is really good. And he was not so good last year. I expect that to uh, to to do a one eighty in twenty twenty. No, I like the uh, Indomitian Sue pick a lot. I could definitely see that because, like you said, man, when he's on, he's on. But I don't. I'm not a big fan of lazy players, man. Players that you gotta motivate. <laughs> it just drives me nuts, man. But for me, man, I, I, t- I stay on the defensive side of the ball. I actually stay on the defensive line as well, man. I go with Jason Pierre-Paul. JPP. He's, he's coming off a down year, mate, and a half sacks. Now, granted, he only played 10 games because he dealt with some injuries. But let's be real, man. He is so much better than that, man. He is a consistent double-digit sack guy. And I understand the year before they had 12 and a half, and he was on pace to do double digits again. But I need him back to that 16-and-a-half form that he had his second year in the league. I need that JPP. I need the JPP that regardless of who you put in front of him, he is going to dog them out. Yeah. There is no right answer. There is nobody to block him. That's what I need from JPP. And he was starting to get back to that last year, but then obviously he got hurt. So I need to see that consistently throughout the season from him this upcoming year. It's a good call by you. Certainly a uh, just an extremely talented dude. Oh, without a doubt, man. Without a doubt. Last division in the NFC, the one that we fancy could easily be the best division in football this year, without yeah. a doubt. I don't think that would surprise anybody. Of course, we're talking about the NFC West and the Arizona Cardinals. This is an easy decision to make, Arthur Motes. I think you and I are going to be on the same page here. It's Pat Pete. It's Patrick Peterson. Without a doubt. He's one of the best corners in the league. He didn't show that last year, but I think he'll get back to showing that this year. Yeah, man, Pat P is a future Hall of Famer. He's that caliber player, that caliber athlete. Without a doubt, man, you have to produce a lot more than that. Now, I know it was a unique situation with him being suspended, with him coming into a new coaching staff, middle of the season and all that other stuff, but you just have to be better. That's that's the end of the day. That's what you are graded upon. And he understands that. He wants to accept the challenge because he knows how great he can be and how great he truly is. So, yeah, without a doubt, man, Pat P is the guy. Los Angeles Rams. We might be on the same page here, too. I've got two. Ooh, okay, let's hear it. You know, I'm tempted to say Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Right? Just because, yep. not again, not that he was bad last year, but he wasn't Jalen Ramsey. Correct. Could also say Cooper Cup. Mm, uh, I like that one Very too. talented. Cooks is gone. He's got to be more of the man. Didn't really have that. No, some, he was injury plagued last year too. So that's a tough one for me to split hairs on. Um, but because I think of what their ceiling is and what they could be in the dominant force, I'll go Jalen Ramsey. That's where I was going the whole time, man, because we know – he changed that defense. Oh. That was why I was so hyped when he got there because you know Aaron Donald's going to make you get rid of the ball fast. You got Jalen Ramsey on the backside, and he's locking down them one receivers. He gets interceptions. He's that guy. 
and he didn't live up to that expectation last year, man. So without a doubt, it has to be him, man. He's a phenomenal player, and when he is on, he is truly on. On. Two more, Arthur Motes. The penultimate here in our <gasps> NFC discussion. The penultimate. I love when you drop a penultimate, man. <laughs> the San Francisco 49ers. Again, hard to pick a bounce-back candidate for a team that was leading the Super Bowl in the fourth quarter. Yeah. But if I got to... This is going to be interesting. <laughs> I, you know, I could cheat and I could say Trent Williams, technically. <laughs> but that's too low. That's, that's what? Whoa, 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 whoa. Why is that cheating? I mean, it's not cheating, but... We, we've named multiple players that are coming back from injury. Well, he didn't even play it. Did he play a snap last year, Trent Williams? No, because he had the, he had the cancer thing, the, uh, the tumor they had to cut out. But that's I, an know, I know you're right. But could, that's an injury. Could, but I thought he could have played if he wanted to. He just or, that's is that an injury. Not, okay, okay, that's an injury. Okay, don't do that. Okay, that's an injury. I also too what though, to, give, to give you one more. Maybe I don't know. I've always been a fan of him, and it just hasn't worked out for him. But there's a reason he was the third overall draft pick. Oh, man, come on, bro. Solomon Thomas. He is who he is, man. I know. I think you're right. He He's, is. At this who point, he is. I think he is who he is. All right, fine. I'll go with Trent Williams. Thank you, man. It's absolutely Trent Williams, man. Trent had the whole cancer scare. Shout out to him for even still playing after that, man. Along with the dysfunction of the uh, the Washington football team's medical staff, <laughs> man. So without a doubt, man, it has to be Trent. I understand that, hey, some people might say, well, well Jimmy G got to play better. Jimmy G still balled out last year. What are we talking about? Like, stop hating on my man. All yeah. right? Stop hating on him. Jimmy G was perfect. I mean, he wasn't perfect. He was he was exactly who they thought he was going to be. That's exactly why they paid him the money that they paid him. And he produced the way he produced. He led him to a Super Bowl. They had a lead by double-digit points with a couple minutes left in the game. They just couldn't get it done. And, I mean, we could make the case in terms of if he completes that pass, game changer. Last but not least, the Seattle Seahawks. Arthur Motes. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Jamal Adams. No. <laughs> this is another one. I mean, it, I it, don't it, like this one. A, yeah, I, I think I know who I'm going to go with, but I still don't like it. Who are you going with? Because I don't know who I'm going with. I don't know who I'm going with. I just said it. <laughs> see if I can get you to like, talk. See, now for Seattle, there's a lot of, I think, potential breakout candidates. Very true. But I don't know about bounce back. Like, who would I look at last year and say on that roster, oh, they had a bad year? I, I don't know. Is there somebody that we're missing? Uh, I don't see it because <laughs> this is why I don't see it. I was like, okay, KJ Wright, he still was a 130-plus tackle mm -hmm. guy. Bruce Irvin, I mean, he had one of his best sack totals in his whole career, eight mm -hmm. and a half. Shout out, Mountaineers. Uh, I'm like, dude, uh, <laughs> it's not looking too pretty right now, man, in terms of finding a breakout camp or yeah, a bounce-back candidate. And Chris Carson only had, you know, 12 – Hundred rushing yards. Exactly. Last season, I mean, Chris so. Carson. I think he's a top ten running back right yeah. now. People talk about Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner was phenomenal last I year. I know. I've like, seen people say that. Like, what is like, what? Like, what? Yeah. what? Certain certain people are just. I, I don't. I don't know. Bobby Wagner. What? How yeah. about how about the new guy Arthur Motes? How about Greg Olson? I mean, you want to talk long? Wait a minute. Two, you, I'm about to say you—you you, you better bring be his age up. If you're not, I'm about to say uh, as many of these over thirties that you've hit me with in here today, you better bring up his age. But he only had two touchdowns last year. He got four touchdowns this season. I don't know. That's the only one. That's the only one I got. So I'm sticking with it. I'm going Greg Olson. 
Oh, first man. year in Seattle, right? Because we know that that continuity is not going to be a problem. What? Huh? I mean, as long as he's been playing, it shouldn't matter about continuity. He should just be able to just roll <laughs> out the bed true. and be good to go, man. Oh, gosh. I hate doing this, but I have to agree with you. Because there really is nobody else, man. Philip Dorsett, I mean, his numbers were pretty much on par with who he is. <sighs> yeah. All right, you stomp me. I got to go. <laughs> That'll do it for our NFC bounce back candidate conversation. Next week, we will cover. This was crazy, though, man. How is it that the Seahawks, we know, don't have a top 15 NFL roster, but yet we can't figure out who's supposed to be in line for a bounce back season? I just don't get it. It is weird. It's really weird. They're they're a tough team to to they're put just, a pulse on. They're just they're, like nah. they really are. they are meh, but they're still like good every year. They're I, like a vanilla wafer, a vanilla wafer with whipped cream. You know what they're like? They're like the um, you like you a Chex Mix fan? I am. You know like the rye wheat cracker in the Chex Mix? Yeah, that's cool. But, but is it though? Because I think it's it's actually pretty good. Like we it's look cool. at it, we I think like it's the, cool. I like the spicy, but like, it's actually like pretty spicy. good. You know what I mean? Maybe that's the Seahawks. Maybe we look at it and we're like, yeah, 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 yeah. but they're but they're yeah. they're usually pretty good. Unfortunately, yes. They're like the rye wheat cracker in the Chex Mix. I just nailed it. Nailed Boom. It. <laughs> Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. One more segment to go before we hand things off to Dale Lolly and Matt Williamson. We'll get to reaction. We'll also have a little get that paper on this Friday. So we'll have some fun as we close out the show. Last chance, knuckleheads, to get those tweets in. At Wesley Euler, at the Body 52 The Body. This is Steelers Blitz on SNR. Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Wrapping up the show, Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, Motesy, before we get to, uh, you know, some some show me the money, some get that paper, I did want to ask your opinion on one thing, a news story. Our buddy, actually, our, our good friend Jeremy Fowler broke hey, this today. Hey, Jeremy! You know, our good friend before he went big time, does I tell you? Mm-hmm. Um... Arthur Motes, Jeremy Fowler saying that the NFL is like you've seen in the NBA bubble and like you saw at the NFL draft, considering virtual fans in attendance where they would set up some kind of big screens and there would be able to be fans there on Zoom or Microsoft Teams or whatever, you Skype, whatever it would be. That they were that the NFL is strongly considering, you know, adding digital screens like you see at the NBA games to allow fans to uh to be part of the experience i like it man just get me in the ticket man <laughs> I, I've, I've been watching the nba bubble and i'm like yo how can i get my face up there i got good internet yeah it's not gonna be no lag on mine i see lag with some of these other people it's not gonna be no lag over here man let me get on man so if they are going to do virtual fans make sure i'm in the dance i just want to make sure i, I will wave my terrible time i will scream and, and do all that the whole time my dogs will be looking at me like i'm going crazy but yeah i'm down for it 
Now, I know football football's different. The fan atmosphere in football, I think, is the most noticeable and it matters the most mm-hmm. of any of the sports. In the NFL and in college football, the fans have the biggest impact on oh, yes. the game. Mozi, I don't know. I just let me ask you this. I know you're like me. You, you're watching the NBA bubble. You're watching the NHL bubble. I know mm-hmm. you've you've watched your Yankees and the Pirates a couple times. You you you're really into NASCAR. I watch everything NASCAR, WNBA, you name it. I'm tuned in. Has there been one point yet over the last month or so that sports have been back that you've said, "Oh man, I really wish the fans were there." Because it hasn't happened to me yet. Now, it will during football season. When it's third down and TJ Watts jumping up and down on the sideline, I will say, man, I really wish the fans were there. And that's not to say, obviously, I wish the NBA and the NHL were playing their playoffs right now in front of fans. Right, right, but it doesn't I just haven't consciously been like, oh, man, shucks, I wish the fans were there. I just just want the sport. I just want the games to be played. Got you. See, for me, man, I've enjoyed more so, as weird as it sounds, I've enjoyed the WNBA a lot more than the NBA without fans. With fans, give me NBA because the players feed off of that. But right now, hmm. some of the NBA games look real summer league-ish. Looks real like I'm at the Y and I'm playing pickup basketball. I'm like watching you're at the Rucker pickup. Park. Just, yeah, it yeah. just it doesn't have the same intensity throughout. Whereas with the WNBA, the women in there, man, they they are competing at a whole different level. But I think more so because they know that, hey, this is a chance where all, all eyes are on us. We can't come out there lackadaisical. We can't come out there with this, oh, man, it's the Lakers. You know it's us. You're going to turn in anyways. So I think that's the difference in it. But, yeah, man, you, you're you absolutely right, man. When it comes to football, NFL especially, man, fan presence is huge. When you talk about the, the noise, because think about in basketball, the noise doesn't bother guys like right. that. You they, don't play have to, mu- they play they music, play music during the, the whole game. time, right? Yeah. Whereas in the NFL, we know, man, crowd noise make a person jump off sides, make a person fall start. We've seen some of the, the 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 issues with that. Usually when that happens, the crowd gets even louder. Right. We've seen what it's like when the stadium is shaking after renegade plays. Hmm? That's a competitive advantage. We've seen 100%, 100%. that. 100%. So for me, There's man, a reason that the Super Bowl is the only of the of the only of the major sports in America that plays its championship at a neutral location. Uh-huh. Absolutely. There's a, there's a reason. Absolutely. Same with college football. Yeah. Same reason, man, because they know. It's a massive advantage. Yeah, if that game is played in Pittsburgh, if that game that college NCAA championship was played in Ohio LSU. State, like <laughs> come on, man, what are we talking those about 9, here? 9,000 people down in yeah. Death Valley. <laughs> absolutely, man. So that's the that, they're absolutely right, man. In terms of the fans, in terms of missing it, man, yeah, when it comes to the NFL, you definitely need the fans there. Virtual, even though virtual isn't going to be the same, I still want somebody out there. So when TJ does say, get loud, I'm like, I'm here. You know what they could do is they could just let you and I, you know, give us each one section, a little social distance from each other, and we'll just go nuts. Uh, Listen, you know this. I can get pretty loud. You know how I roll. I mean, you know this. You, we one of our three question Thursday questions about a month ago was what's your greatest talent hidden talent yeah. in life and I said mine is be or, no I said what would you be ra- a ninety nine rated at in yeah. life and mine was being loud I mean I'm a loud dude we, hey some of us we just got a gift man hey all that I'm saying Steelers Moats and I will do it I mean you know it it'll be tough but we'll do it every once in a while we got to make sacrifices <laughs> but for you guys we'll we'll make a sacrifice all right. Are there moats? We got sports. I mean, ongoing here. Penguins about to start the third period. Tied 0-0. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. It's going to work out. It's, it's going to work, work out. out. We're keeping the faith. It's going to work out, man. We're keeping the faith, Arthur Moats. But it is a Friday. We've got sports happening. And so that can only mean one thing. What does that mean? It's time to get that paper. <sighs> Show me the money. Show me the money! Oh, yeah. There it is. Let's go. 
go! Feels good to be back. It feels good to be back. All right, Arthur Motes, I got a three-pack of picks for you this weekend. All, all right. right, okay, okay. One basketball, hear. one hockey, uh huh, one soccer. All right, let's How about do that? It. I like that. I like so it. So let's start with today. Two games today. I'm picking one game tomorrow. Let's start with the hoops here first. Orlando Magic versus the Philadelphia 76ers tonight. Arthur Motes, Ben Simmons is out. He's injured. That's big for the Sixers. But Orlando is still a slight underdog. Mm. They're plus 160. I like the way the Magic have been playing. They also, Arthur Motes, and they got the Markel Fultz revenge factor oh, for the Magic man. going on there. Come on, son. He can't shoot. Give me Orlando <laughs> plus 160 against the Sixers. Let's go up to Toronto where the Maple Leafs host Columbus, the Blue Jackets. It's an elimination game, Motsi, for the Leafs. They got to win. So you ain't want to put no money on this one right here? You think it was bad for the Penguins blowing a 3-1 to one lead in their last game? Uh-huh. The Leafs blew a 3 to nothing lead to Columbus oh, in their last game. Sick. Columbus is an underdog at plus 120. Motsi, they just have the Leafs number. It's an elimination game for Toronto at their home sheet of ice in Toronto. Still, oh, give me the underdogs, CBJ. Plus 120, and I do have to take a favorite here, obviously. So Champions League soccer tomorrow. Okay, look look at the diversity here, man, with these bets. Let's get it. Messi's back on TV tomorrow. Need him. Barcelona slight favorites over Napoli. Minus 160. Yeah, you give me Messi at minus 160. Can't go wrong with that, man. I'm taking that all day. So to recap, Orlando Magic plus 160 against the Sixers tonight. Columbus plus 120 against the Maple Leafs tonight. And Barcelona. Barcelona. Minus 160 against Napoli on Saturday. Motsi, that'll do it for this week. Week one of training camp in the books. It's been fun, and we're just getting started. Oh, yeah. So that'll do it for this week, but not for our coverage today. Dale Lolly, Matt Williamson, and Mike Pursuta with you for the next two hours here on SNR, so don't go anywhere. We'll talk to Yins next week. Same time. Same place, 3 o'clock, and you know where to find us on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, Steeler Nation Radio.